Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Did you bring a Bible today? If you have a Bible, would you just hold it up right where you are? Just hold it up, your Bible. Okay, electronic Bible, phone, whatever you have that you have your Bible on. I think it's good to have a Bible. Um, <laughs> I say that, and I think I left my Bible. That, I think I left my Bible right down there. Did I, did, I, did I leave my Bible on my desk? Oh, my goodness. I say, you need to bring your Bible. Well, Pastor David needs to bring his Bible, too. Okay, come on, lift it up, and let's say this together in faith. Let's say, this is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. So I open my heart today to receive the word of the Lord. We started a series last week on uh, the power of the tongue. What is it called? The power of the the power of the tongue. You know your tongue has power. And we our text is from Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20. This isn't just a normal series. This has to do with every area of your life. And you'll see it after today. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20, could you look at the screens and can we read this out loud and loudly and let's fill this room with the voice of God's word today. Ready? Read. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Let's say that last verse again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I gave you a homework assignment last week, and it was to memorize that last verse. Can we say it together? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Say it one more time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And last week, I spoke a message to you called uh, Life Was Created by Words. Life Created by Words. Everything we see in nature, everything we see, the heavens, the earth, the galaxies, the stars, the animals, it was all created by God, and it was all created by God's words. God created words by speaking words. That's how God creates us. He speaks things into existence. He speaks things into existence. Our lives are a result of words, and our world is a result of words. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, we read it last week, it says that the worlds were framed by the words of God so that the things which we see were not made of things which are visible. The things that we see and we experience in life were made by words that came out of the mouth, really out of the heart, of God, but out of the mouth of God. Our lives are a result of words. You know, there are a lot of negative words that people just speak and they speak them casually, but I think we have to watch our words. Even casually, we have to watch our words. Why? Because if God spoke, you know, if we really believe that everything we spoke came to pass, uh, do you know you'd probably be in trouble? (laughs) You know, if everything, if God came and told you today, everything you speak This whole day is going to come to pass. You you may be in trouble. You may say, can you wait till tomorrow? I have to think about some of the things that I say. You know, sometimes we just hear these common phrases. I was just jotting down a few. You know, we say, oh, that makes me sick, right? Or we say, 
man, you're killing me. <laughs> right? Or we say, man, I'm sick as a dog today. <laughs> no, I mean, or we say, um, oh, it's flu season. I get it every year. Here it comes. Do you, do you hear those kinds of things all the time? Right? Or people say, man, I'm sick of that. Or I'm sick of you. Right? Constantly, constantly speaking things. And then they wonder why they get sick. They wonder why they're inviting those kinds of things into their lives. I think if we could just put a recorder on our words and realize how much death, how much stuff we speak into our lives, or people just say, I think I'm coming down with a cold, <laughs> right? Or, or I, I think, man, I think something, and we're always, or, you know, they say, hey, go get them, break a leg. <laughs> uh, or, uh, or you'll hear people say, oh, my God, I'm losing my mind, right? You hear all these people that are suffering. Now, I know people say, that's ticky-tacky, Pastor David. Why do you, what, come on. No, I didn't write this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Uh, you, you know, and I mentioned last name. Some people say, I can't remember names. I'm horrible at names. And do you know those people usually can't remember names, right? I, I don't know of a person that says, I'm great with names, but they can't remember names, right? Uh, you know, I stopped saying, I, I used to say I can't remember names. I just stopped saying it. And I just say, I'm great with names. Now, I, I don't consider myself the best I've seen with names. But since I stopped saying, uh, you know, that I'm not good with names, do you know I'm better with names? Come on, just say it. I'm good with names. Yeah. See, it's important to not speak things over your, or people say, I'm not good at that. You know, sometimes people will walk into, I'd teach music lessons for years, and people would come in and say, you know, I just don't know if I can get this. And I'd say, oh, no, no, no. Before we start the lesson, let me give you a different lesson. You need to say, I can get this. What do you mean? Say, I can get this. I, I can get this? Yeah, there's your first lesson. <laughs> have a good day. No, I'm kidding. No, but, but your first lesson is you have to believe. You have to, why? Because with your words, you receive the ability to be able to catch those things. I didn't come up with this. God came up with this, okay? People will say, um, uh, you know, oh, I'll never win. Or they get into a line, oh, they never pick me. Oh, I'm never the one on top. I'm never the one who gets picked. I'm never the one who gets the promotion. I'm never the one who gets the job. I'm never the one who gets the raise. People don't like me, people will say, right? Or, or you know, you'll look in the mirror and say, man, I'm getting fat. Do I look fat? By the way, uh, husbands... That's the wrong word. If your wife ever looks at you and says, do, do, do I, does this make me look fat? You just say, no, you look great, right? You just look great. You look great. Amen. You look great. You look great. Or, but we, we're so honest with one another that, uh, like, if she ever said, does this make me look, and I, I wasn't sure, I'm not lying to her, I would just say, well. <laughs> right? Because, but the reality is you have to watch your words. Isn't that right? You have to watch your words. Uh, you know, you might say, I'm getting fat. Or, or, you know, have you ever said these words, I gain weight so quickly? You ever said, I gain weight so quickly. I just put on weight, all these skinny people, and I just gain weight so quickly. Or, you know, drug addiction uh, just is in my family. It's in my family line. Alcoholism's in my line. You know, it's just, that's just what we, oh, laziness is in my line. Or uh, mental illness or dementia or, yeah, people die early in my... That you're speaking all these things. I believe generational cur curses 
are real. They're mentioned in the Bible, but I believe they're received by your words. They're received by you receiving them with your words. Just like you receive Jesus and say, you're the Lord of my life, you receive generational curses. You receive things on your life. It's important to speak the right words. I'm always starving. My family are all alcoholics. You know, people speak. Say it again. Death and life, say it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You know, I never understood the part, those who love it will eat its fruit. You have a tree inside of you, inside of your yard, that's very, very valuable. You know, it's like if you had a property and you had a tree that was a very, very valuable tree and neighbors came by it and they said, oh, I love the tree that's in your yard. And you said, it's just a tree. No, 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 it's a very valuable tree. And it, it, it's a tree that the, the fruit on it is golden or the fruit on it is $100 a piece of fruit. And you said, it's just a tree to me. No, it's because you weren't aware of the value of the fruit on your tree. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it, those who recognize the value of your words, you'll take your words and you'll use them correctly. You'll use them to bring life into situations, to bring hope into homes, to bring hope into your own life, into your own, uh, into the car that you drive and you're driving along and your car is boom, 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 boom. And instead of saying, you old dumb clunker, I hate this piece of junk, right? No, you say, thank you, Lord, keep running, <laughs> keep running, right? You speak, man, I've spoken life into so many cars and so many vehicles, right? You speak life or your job, I hate this job, can't stand this job, right? No, speak life or your boss, right? Speak life over your boss. It's important to speak life into situations, uh, those who love it will eat its fruit. I remember when I was dating Tiffany, uh, she lived with her parents up in Northern California, up in the San Francisco or Sacramento area, and they lived in a house that had about three or four cherry trees. And they, I mean, they could grow some fruit up there, okay? But they were, I mean, these cherries were like awesome, and I love cherries. And so I remember going and visiting Tiffany, and then her dad, before I left you know, the house, he would say, hey, would you like to bring home some bags of cherries? And I would say, you have cherries? Yeah. We'd go in the backyard, and we'd pick these cherries, and I'd bring home, I mean, I'd have bags of cherries, and I'd drive from Northern California down to Southern California, and, and I, I mean, a six or seven or eight hour drive, and then I'd eat those cherries and eat those cherries and eat those cherries until I got sick <laughs> but I, I really did I mean I would eat those cherries and eat those cherries they were so good and I remember uh I I, I have to admit you know when they would say hey do you want to come visit Tiffany again up in northern California I'd want to visit you but I want to visit those cherries too because that cherry tree was so good those who love it will eat its fruit when you have good fruit when you have something that you know it's reliable you can depend upon You'll eat it. Can I tell you, you have something that's so valuable, and that's right here. It's your tongue. And if you know that you can create life and create death with something that you already own, you don't have to pay for. Your life is a result of your words. And death and life are in the power of the tongue. Look at verse 20 there. It says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. 
A man's stomach shall be satisfied, notice, from the fruit of his mouth and from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. What does it mean? Your satisfaction comes from your mouth. Not from your job. Not from external. Your satisfaction comes from your mouth. He says, and your fulfillment from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Your fulfillment comes from the tree that's in your yard. Your fulfillment comes from what's coming out of your mouth. You may think it's your job that you hate. You may think it's that person who crossed you that you hate. You know what it's you hate? It's your response to those people with how you react to them with your words. It says here, look at it again, a man's stomach shall be satisfied. The inside of him will be satisfied by the fruit or what comes out of his mouth and from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Look at Proverbs 15, 23. It says, a man has joy, Proverbs 15, 23. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. Can you say the answer? You know what that is? It's the response. How you respond with your mouth is how much joy you're going to have to the situation. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season how good it is your joy is determined by your mouth if you say i don't have joy you can take medicine for it you can go to psycho you can go to counseling for it and you can get a few things straightened out i believe it but i'll tell you one thing that'll straighten it out today change your words change your mouth you say i don't know how to write down what you ought to say and start saying the right thing if you don't know what to say see out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks Really, long-term, you want to put the right things in your heart because whatever's in your heart is going to come out of your heart. The reason bad things come out of our hearts is because we have bad things in our hearts, right? If I had a glass of orange juice and it was sitting here and it was all the way to the, to the, to the brink and, and I bumped it and then orange juice came out, right? I bumped it because orange juice was in it. It was full of orange juice, right? And then someone, but someone comes up to you and they kick you off and they bump you and you go and you blurt out something you say they made me mad no they didn't make you mad mad was in you and mad came out they didn't make you cuss that those words were in you and that came out right whatever's in you will come out but if you have praise inside of you if you have blessing inside of you if you have joy if you have hope if you have god and you're thanking god then what's going to happen if someone's going to bump you and what's going to come out hallelujah <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> See, that's, that's what it is. Whatever's in you is going to come out of you. So it's important to fill ourselves with the word of God. Fill ourselves with joy. Fill ourselves with praise. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. You're, you may be praying for joy, but that's not how you get joy. You can say, God, give me joy. And God can say, speak differently. Because he'll give you joy, but you'll ruin your joy it's like he'll give you a plate of something and then you put salt all over it and you ruin it and then you say it doesn't taste good. Well, it wasn't what he gave you. It was what you put on it that messed it up, right? And sometimes God gives you joy, but we take all this junk and put it on our lives and we wonder why we don't have the pure gift of God in our lives. A man has joy by the answer of his tongue and a word spoken in due season how good it is by the answer, by your response. How you respond to situations determines your joy in those situations.
A word spoken in due season, it brings comfort, peace, and hope. Out of the New Living Translation, it says this. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply or response. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. It's wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. Well, let's say what's the opposite. Come on, what's the opposite? It's, it's horrible to say the wrong thing at the wrong Do you know anybody who's done that before? Yeah, don't say their names. Don't nudge them, right? But they come in, they say the wrong thing at the wrong time, right? But have you ever had something where you're having a hard day, a difficult day, and someone comes in and they just say something that was just the right thing at the right time, and it just brought hope, it brought life, it was like giving you a cold drink of water on a hot day. Your tongue... Your tongue affects your life. Your tongue affects your life. Jesus, how many would agree that Jesus of anyone demonstrated the power of words better than anybody? Yeah, Jesus on this earth demonstrated the power of words better than anybody. In John chapter 6, verse 63, let me tell you what Jesus said about his own words. Jesus said this, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Listen, the words that I speak, can you say the words that I speak? This is Jesus. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Jesus said the words that I speak to you are spirit. The words that I speak to you are life. Why did Jesus have such an effective ministry? He spoke life. He spoke life into situations. He spoke hope into people. People already know they're jacked up. People already know they're messed up. People already know they smell. Right? You walk up to someone and they haven't taken a shower for a long time and they're having a hard day. Maybe they're on the street and they're going through something and they and you walk up and you're thinking, you smell. Well, they already know they're, they're already going through a hard situation. They don't need you to echo that. You know what they need you to do? Speak hope. Speak life. Speak God's word over their life. That's what God wants us to speak. I'm not just talking over mind over matter like some beautiful thing. Let's just, oh, people, let's just speak these nice words. And this is, is this what church is reduced to? No, I'm saying take God's word and put it into your mouth. God's word, not your word. Take God's word and put it into your mouth and watch God's results happen in your life. That's how, that's how God's word happens in our life. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Jesus' ministry, the key to Jesus' ministry was his words. Say words. It was his words. John 12, 49, Jesus says, only, I only say what I hear the Father say or what the Father tells me to say. That's why Jesus got such great results. He didn't just ramble. He didn't just go on with anything he wanted to say. He said what he heard and he got the results. Do you believe that we can get results if we can say what the Lord says about our lives? We can get those results. Do you believe that the reason why you're probably not getting some of the results that you're getting is because you're saying your own words instead of his words? Yeah? How many would say I need to adjust my words in some way? Death and life, say it with me, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat his fruit. Now I want to show you a place where Jesus spoke death. Jesus said the words that I speak are spirit in their life, but Jesus spoke death. In this, in this situation. Look at Mark chapter 11. It says, on the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. <laughs> How many of you have ever been hungry? 
I think he was hangry. You know, it's like hungry and, and angry. You know, at the same time, he was having one of those days. It says, he was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. Now, I would equate that sort of like you're, you're, it's early morning. You want a cup of coffee or you want something, and you look way, way down the street, and you see like a Krispy Kreme, the hot sign donut on, you know, like the hot sign on, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go down there, and I'm, or you look it up on your phone, right, and you see, oh, it's open, and you drive like 10 miles to go get there, like he had to walk places, okay, so the, the Bible says here that Jesus was, it, 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 he was hungry, and seeing from afar off, he saw this fig tree, and this fig tree had leaves on it, right, it was saying like, hey, I have the goods, I have the stuff, I have fruit, and he says, so he went to see if perhaps he could find something on it. He was hungry. The open sign was on. And he came up to the door and said, I'll have a dozen donuts, right? No, he didn't say. He said, I'll have some fruit. He wanted some fruit. But he says that when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. And how do you think that made Jesus feel? He was ticked, right? Now, I think the tree was probably going, I'm so glad it's Jesus. I mean, Jesus speaks life. It's a good guy. I've seen him heal people. I've seen all the things he does. I know he's mad, but he's not going to speak something bad over me, right? And so he looks at him, and he says he saw nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. So in response, I think that's funny, Jesus in response to the tree. <laughs> like, the tree didn't do anything. But Jesus in response, Jesus is like, hey, where's the, where's the figs? Hey, where's the fruit? And then he's like, in response to you not giving me some fruit, he said this, listen, in response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. What did Jesus say? Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. What was he doing? He was cursing the tree and the disciples heard it, which means the disciples heard Jesus curse. They heard Jesus, not, not a profanity like we would know, but they heard him speak death to a situation. And we know that, uh, that, that he cursed it and we know the Bible actually calls it because he cursed the tree because it tricked him. But we know he cursed it because uh, the next morning, here's what happened in verse 20. It says, the next morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree and it was dried up from the roots. Now, the day before, it had leaves. Now, the next day, it was dried up from the roots. What happened to the tree in those two days? Jesus took words, spoke words of death, all he said was, let no one eat fruit of you ever again. And what happened? The fig tree dried up from the roots, right? Do you know there's situations in your life, I won't stop and make the application yet, but do you know there's situations in your life where you can do the very same thing? There's things that happen that are growing that you can just speak to them. Hey, stop it now. Don't, you don't have to, do you know Jesus didn't pray about it? Jesus spoke to the situation. Not to the father. He spoke to the situation. It says he cursed the tree. Now in the morning they passed by. They saw the tree driving up from the roots. Verse 21. Look at this. Stay with me here. And Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Notice, which you cursed. All Jesus did was spoke to it. All he did was say, let no one eat fruit of you ever again. I've said that over mcdonald's before you know what i mean like you stand in a long line you're like i wish this place had closed down you ever said it before is that just me i'm sorry right man this place has horrible this place doesn't have good service uh, 
why are they even open, right? You're, you speak words over these things. And Jesus spoke over the tree. Rabbi, look, the, the tree which you cursed is withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them. I want you to notice Jesus didn't say to them. He didn't say, yeah, that's right, because I'm the son of God. And when I speak words, they come to pass. Now, I want you to notice what Jesus said. Now, listen, this is important for your life, for the rest of your life. Jesus looked back at them, and he didn't emphasize the words he spoke. He emphasized that what happened to him in a regular, everyday scenario is what can happen and should happen in your life and my life. He said to them, he looks back at Peter. He didn't even mention the tree. He said, have faith in God. He really just used these, these three words. He said, have, like possess, uh, pieces, which is faith, and, and then the word theos, which is God. He just said, have God's faith, or have faith like God, or speak like God. I know you're talking about this fig tree, but I'm telling you, you could say to something, be removed and be cast into the sea, and not doubt in your heart, and you'll see it come to pass just like I did. See, Jesus wasn't trying to say, yeah, I'm the son. look at what I did. No, no, Jesus was trying to say, no, you can do that. In fact, look at it again. Look at it again. Look at it again. For assuredly I say to you, say assuredly, for sure I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, he says, have faith. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says, say says. Now, he says whoever says. He didn't say if I say, he didn't say, pray to me that I would say to the mountain. He said, whoever says to the mountain, listen, be removed, say be removed, and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things he says, say he says, will be done. He will have whatever he says, say he says. Yeah, you will have what you say. Notice Jesus wasn't saying, you'll have what I say, so if you ever need anything, come ask me for it. No, he was saying, no, I'm telling you, the things that, you, the way you see me operating, you can have what you say. If you'll say it and believe it in your heart, you'll see just like the fig tree. You can say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. And if you believe it in your heart, you can have what you say. Now, now wait. You may say, wait, wait, what are you preaching here? No, I didn't preach this. Jesus did. Can, can everybody see? Jesus is saying this to his disciples. Is it extreme? Tell me, is it extreme? It's pretty extreme. You might say, well, wait, you're leading people down a pretty extreme path. I know he is. Jesus is leading people down a pretty extreme. Did he know that people can get into error and get down to just think they can have whatever they say? But I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Look at it again. See, you tell me if Jesus didn't say it. Jesus said, he said, look at the fig trees. He said, have faith in God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever, say whoever. That's you, me, the person next to you. Whoever says, say says. Whoever says to the mountain, notice, not to God, but to the mountain. Every situation that needs to be turned around doesn't need to be prayed about. Well, things can be changed by prayer. That's true. But things can be changed by confession and speaking to situations too. 
In fact, verse 23 says, speak to the mountain. It has nothing to do with prayer. But verse 24 says, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive me no harm. That's prayer. So verse 23 is talking, speak to the situation. Verse 24 is talking, speak to God. So what does it say? In both situations, sometimes you need to speak to situations. You need to speak to bondages, to sickness, to mountains, to debt, to uh, barriers in your life. You need to say to them, stop it in Jesus' name. And stand your ground. And other times you need to go to God and ask God. For things, and we see that. Oh, well, which which one's the time? Well, if something's coming against you, you speak to it. He says here, you'll have what you say. Notice Jesus pointed out. Peter pointed out Jesus' faith, but Jesus said, "It's not only me; it's you." Whoever says, whoever says. Remember, Jesus was sleeping in the boat that one time, and uh, the, the 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 wind and the waves was going on. All the stuff was going on, and Jesus was sleeping, and 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 they woke up Jesus, and they said, "Oh, Jesus, would you would you help us?" The wind and the waves are going on, and he got up and he looked at them. And he rebuked the wind and the waves, and then he looked at him and said what? Oh, you of little faith? Why did he say that? Because he wanted them to speak to the, the wind and the storms. I think sometimes we're asking Jesus to do our work. We're praying that God would move the mountain. And God, did Jesus ever say here that he'd move the mountain? No, no, I'm, I'm asking you. In verse 23, did Jesus say to pray that God would move the mountain? No, you tell me. Did Jesus say to pray to God to move the mountain? Then why do we? Jesus didn't say that. Why do we pray that God would move the mountain? Jesus didn't say to pray that God would move the mountain. Jesus said to speak to the mountain. Am I, am I, I don't care what your last church or your next church or your, or your last teacher or your whatever. I'm talking about Jesus. What did Jesus say? Jesus didn't say to pray that the mountain would be moved. Jesus said to speak to the mountain and to believe in your heart and what would happen? The mountain would be moved. But see, sometimes, see, I, I want to know why, why prayers aren't answered. Do you ever wonder that, why you're praying and prayers aren't answered? I want to know why prayers aren't answered sometimes. But speaking to the mountain is not popular. It's popular to point to Jesus' words Oh, Jesus, I know. Here's what's popular. Oh, Jesus, I know you can do anything. Oh, Jesus, I know you can move the mountains. Oh, Jesus, I pray it. I pray it. I sing it. Oh, Jesus, you can move the mountains. Would you do it again, Lord? Would you move the mountains in my life? No, Jesus Jesus said, no, you move the mountains. That, that, that's just what, I'm sorry. That's just what he said. It's, it's a word. So, but it's popular. Jesus said, I pray, Jesus said, you speak to the mountains. Uh, you know, an, another popular thing, I'm, I'm going to say one more thing. Another popular thing that people will say is, oh, Jesus, would you just come down? Jesus, would you just come down and help me? He ain't going to come down. He already came down. I hear people pray it. We're in prayer. Oh, Jesus, just come down and Jesus, just come down. Jesus, just come down and touch us. He ain't going to come down and touch you. I mean, he, he might. I've heard people, you know, come and Jesus is coming. But I'm saying that's not what he said in the word to pray. In fact, in fact, let, let me just, but, but see, it's popular to pray it. I just pray you'd come down, Jesus. You'd just come down. Uh, Romans chapter 10, let me just read it to you, and you can research it and think it and tell me what you think because it's just the word. It says, Romans chapter 10, verse 6, it says, The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. 
Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Don't say it. Don't say, let's bring Christ down from above. Listen, he says, uh, or who will descend into the abyss? That's to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? What does the righteousness of faith say? How does the righteousness of Abraham, the righteousness of faith speak? And it says, here's how it speaks. Listen, but what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your mouth and in your hearts. That is the word of faith which we speak. He says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made to salvation. I know you said, but yeah, but that's how we get saved. No, that's how we get results in our lives. In every single situation, the reason I'm bringing this up, I know it's not popular, and I don't like to teach unpopular stuff. I'm not, a, I'm not kind of a radical in that way. I like everybody to like things and all that kind of stuff. But let me tell you, I want to see you get your prayers answered. And I believe there's people not getting their prayer, prayers answers because they're praying the wrong way. They're praying and asking Jesus to do things. Jesus, would you do this? Jesus, would you do this? When you realize that your words don't just count when you pray. Your words count. You, you speak more outside of prayer than inside of prayer. Would you agree? Your words count 24-7. So it's important that we speak words the way that Jesus spoke words. That's why Jesus said, I only say what the Father said. I speak words of life. Disclaimer, I'm not saying you're not supposed to pray. I'm not saying you're not supposed to look to God. I'm not saying we're the ones in charge. It's God's power. It's God's help. It's God's words. It's, it's all God. But he's asking us to carry it through. Can somebody see that today? Come on, if you can see it, can you say amen? Can somebody see that they need to change their own words? I just want us to say a few confessions today of the word of God. I want you to say this. Close your eyes. We're going to close this way. I want you to say this over your own life today. Imagine this is true. I'm just saying Bible. It's all Bible. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Now all things are of God. Say, I am an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Say this, thanks be to God who gives me the victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who always leads me in triumph. Say, I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things are added to me. Say, I don't like, uh, say, I, uh, I am led by the spirit of God and I don't walk in my own ways. I don't allow fear to be part of my thinking. Say, I delight myself in the Lord, and he gives me the desires of my heart. Say, God is taking care of me every step of the way.
I continually renew my mind to the truths of the Word of God. I set my eyes on things above, not on things of the earth. Whenever I lack wisdom, I ask God. Come on, say it out. Whenever I lack wisdom, I ask God, and He gives it to me every time. Say, my God supplies all of my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Say, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So I say of the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God. In you I trust. And because you're my dwelling place, no evil comes around me. No plague or sickness comes around me or my family, or my friends, or my body. For he gives his angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways. Come on, say this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of my sins, who heals all of my diseases. Jesus is my healer. He took stripes for my healing. So I declare today that by his stripes, I am healed in Jesus' name. Sickness cannot stay in my body. Depression, anxiety, they are not a part of my life. I do not own that. I have peace of mind. In Jesus' name. Now say this, I cast all my cares on the Lord because he cares for me. I have no need to worry. I have no need to fear because God's taking care of every detail of my life. So today, I'm victorious in Christ Jesus. If God be for me, who can be against me? Nothing can separate me from the love of God. I declare these words over my life today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say these words, especially if you're making Jesus the Lord of your life for the very first time. Say, Jesus, I open my heart to you today. I turn from my own ways and I call you my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Change me. Make me new. From this day forward, I call myself a believer. And I thank you for eternal life with you. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.